Welcome to the Patelli Like It Is podcast. This is Matthew Patelli. And on this episode, I want to go over the top four Democratic candidates' reaction and responses to Trump's strike on Soleimani and the Iranians, what appears to be accidentally shooting down the uh, passenger flight uh, from Ukraine. Before we get into that, Though I just want to start with, and I'm going to bookend this segment with Trump and what he's saying about the Democratic candidates' responses to the killing of Soleimani and uh, Iran shooting down the plane. So he's trying to paint a picture that somehow the top, especially the top Democratic candidates like Pete and Biden, Warren and Sanders, that they're somehow in agreement with Iran on the situation or that they're def- painting the picture that they're defending Soleimani and, you know, how the whole situation um, is Trump's fault and they can't believe you know, he would uh, order a strike on Soleimani. None of this is actually what any of those top candidates are doing or saying. There are a couple that I would, in my opinion, would have liked them to come out a little more forthright and a little um, more hardline in their stance uh, in, Sole- in Soleimani and who he is and... and um, the Iranians shooting down the plane, for sure, especially um, initially when Elizabeth Warren, um, you know, wouldn't even call him a terrorist. Um, And it took a little bit of prying from Meghan McCain on The View to get it out of her. Um, I mean, Soleimani was a terrorist. Let's not mince words. That's what he was. He was a, a terrible actor in the Middle East. He's, you know responsible um, in the deaths of hundreds of thousands of innocent civilians, Syrian civilians. Um, he's, you know, he's killed Americans. He's had his hand in terrorist terrorist acts all over the globe. He supports Hamas and Hezbollah. So, I mean, it's really not that difficult to come out and say these things. Um, but Trump is trying to paint the picture as though the Democrats are defending him, and they're not defending him. What they all have done is express concern for what will come of this situation. And if it was the, the pragmatic and prudent thing to do to kill Soleimani at that time when Trump did. And obviously, they all are in agreement that, you know, Trump doesn't have a plan. And he can't be trusted with foreign military affairs like this. And, you know, we we should be worried that someone like him is leading the country into any situation that could just, you know, explode overnight. I mean, just this morning, the president of the United States retweeted a picture of Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer with turbans on and an Iranian flag behind them. And the original tweet stated the corrupt Dems trying their best to come to the Ayatollah's rescue. This 
type of stuff is so corrosive to our politics because one, it's not true, and two, it's so beneath the office. The president should not be retweeting stuff from random troll accounts on Twitter, especially ones that paint his um, his political peers in such a false, negative light. And, I mean, it, there are people on the right that have run with this. You know, all the grifters online, they parrot the same thing, that somehow the, the Dems are defending Iran or the Ayatollah. Now, the top Democratic candidates aren't in agreement with the perhaps the timing of killing Soleimani or what the knock-on effects will be. Was it worth it? Those are all, you know, debates we can have, and they're legitimate questions. But we can't let Trump and his cronies and the grifters on the right paint a picture that the top Democratic candidates are defending the Iranians and somehow saying that, you know, Trump is responsible for Iran shooting down the passenger plane because none of that is true. That's not accurate. So let's get into each candidate's response to the strike on Soleimani. Let's start with Biden. Um, Biden, he tweeted out a response um, on January 2nd. And just the, the first bit of it, and you tell me if this is in somehow a defense of Soleimani and, quote, No American will mourn Qasim Soleimani's passing. He deserved to be brought to justice for his crimes against American troops and thousands of innocents throughout the region, end quote. Now, that's the first sentence of a pretty lengthy response that he put on Twitter. Does that sound like a defense of Soleimani or the Iranians? It does not. Uh, he continues, quote, he supported terror and sowed chaos. None of that negates the fact that this is a hugely escalatory move in an already dangerous region, end quote. Uh, that is what the Republicans and Trump himself is trying to spin into a defense of Soleimani. The fact that Biden and some of the other Democratic presidential candidates are worried about what could come of this, and they're not sure if it was the correct move at the time. That, again, is something that we can debate. It's up for debate, but we can't let Trump and, and the right spin this into a defense of the Iranians and Soleimani because that's not it. <clears throat> he continues, quote, The administration's statement said that his goal was to deter future attacks by Iran, but this action almost certainly will have the opposite effect. End quote. Now, that is something that, again, could be up for debate. It looks like in the short term, um, that may not be the case. The Iranians fired a few missiles at an unoccupied military base because they warned the Iraqis, which then they knew would warn the Americans, so no one was there. I'm sure they'll continue doing what they do in terms of, um, you know, sowing terror around the globe and funding Hezbollah and Hamas, I'm sure. Um, and, you know, that that is the difference 
I have with some of the presidential candidates, the Democratic presidential candidates, because, you know, he, Soleimani and the Iranians were already doing those things. They've already done those things. They've already taken thousands of lives. So killing him, killing Soleimani, now will stop those, will stop him at least from doing what he has done in the past because he was obviously already doing it and he felt he wasn't being deterred any and he had no real repercussions coming his way. So he continued doing what he was doing. Um, and now obviously he can't. Uh, let me continue reading Biden's statement here. Quote, President Trump just tossed a stick of dynamite into a tinderbox and he owes the American people an explanation of a strategy and a plan to keep our keep safe our troops and embassy personnel, our people and our interests, both here at home and abroad and our partners throughout the region and beyond. End quote. So that's the next part of, of the statement. And Trump really hasn't done that. I mean, the situation has kind of de-escalated based on the Iranians' response. And Trump didn't take any further measures, which is a good thing, because, again, you know, the American people, by and large, don't want a war. What Trump is hoping for, and many on the right who, you know, are his lackeys, is that people can't see the nuance in Biden, Pete, Sanders, Warren's response to the situation. They're trying to paint it as... Clear-cut, black and white, this is how it is, and that's obviously not how it is. They're trying to paint it as though if you say anything against what Trump did, if you aren't in complete agreement on the timing of the killing, that you're somehow defending Soleimani, and therefore you're defending a terrorist, and you're defending someone who's taken American lives. When that isn't actually what's happening. There's nuance in their responses. They are not defending Soleimani. They understand that he was a terrible human being, that, you know, he was a terrorist. He killed innocent people. He took American lives, and he was continuing to do so without any kind of punishment coming his way. What they aren't in agreement with is the fact that they don't trust Trump to lead us into any kind of conflict, and they weren't—they're sh- not sure if the timing was right on killing Soleimani. Now, that's something obviously you can't know unless you actually kill him. <laughs> you won't know if the timing was right or wasn't unless you actually go ahead and and order the strike. Now, for for me, one, I I do think it was a good move to to go ahead and order a strike and and take him out. He was a terrorist. He had no reason to think that he was going to stop doing what he had been doing. Um, they were already at war with us. They're already, but they're, they can't fight a conventional war, so they fund terrorism and they sow chaos in the region and they hurt our interests abroad because they know they can't fight a conventional war with us. So that's the war they have to fight. And then to make a response to us, they had to have a more of a conventional war response by shooting actual ballistic missiles at an unmanned military base. That's the most they can do at the moment. They know that, you know, they're not suicidal. 
they can't fight a conventional war against the United States. But I digress from that. Let's let's move on to uh, to Elizabeth Warren's response to killing the killing of Soleimani. Now Elizabeth Warren's response wasn't as uh, hardline, wasn't as strong as as I would have said, or you know I would hope for. Um, but again, she wasn't defending him. She wasn't defending the Iranians. She was simply expressing concern for what is going to happen next and not and showing that she doesn't trust tr- Trump to lead us into any kind of conflict like this. The one thing I didn't like from her is she wasn't as uh, lucid as Biden was in terms of who Soleimani was and how he deserved to be taken out for his past actions. Her tweet read... Quote, Soleimani was a murderer responsible for the deaths of thousands, including hundreds of Americans. But this reckless move escalates the situation with Iran and increases the likelihood of more deaths and new Middle East conflict. Our priority must be to avoid another costly war. Um, Now, again, she's spot on. We should definitely be trying to avoid another costly war. Um, It could be a reckless move. That's something we don't know yet. It, as in the short term, it looks like it wasn't as reckless as people thought initially, based on the response from Iran. Um, so the whole outcome is obviously yet to be seen. It's only been what, like, less than two weeks, and you know she wasn't as hardline as I would have liked in basically saying that, you know, Soleimani deserved what he got coming to him. And it it could be a um, a benefit. Well, it definitely is a benefit to the people in the Middle East and the people of that region. Um, and it definitely is a benefit to American interests abroad. We don't know the long-term knock-on effects of it. So we don't know if it's a net positive or a net negative in the long term. Um, but again, that's that's not really here nor there at the moment. So, I mean, uh, Warren's response wasn't as, uh, I didn't like it as much as I liked Biden's, but it, it was in no way a defense of Soleimani and the Iranians. Now let's move on to uh, Pete Buttigieg's response. He initially uh, called the killing of Soleimani an assassination, which I don't agree with. Um, it, it wasn't an assassination. Soleimani was a legitimate target. He had been waging his his you know his sneaky war against the US and our allies and our interests abroad for years and years and years so it it wasn't an assassination um but recently Pete has actually slinked back from using the term assassination he was recently on CNN um where he said he, he quote not I'm not interested in the terminology I'm interested in the consequences, and I'm interested in the process. Did the president have the legal authority to do this? Why wasn't Congress consulted? End quote. Those are all legitimate concerns, again. Um, you know, I do think the president, under the current standings of how things are, um, you know, he, Soleimani was deemed a terrorist. He was a terrorist. So I, I do think the president had... Um, 
you know, legit reign and authority to um, to take him out. Now, I do think he should have at least, you know, consulted, Trump should have at least consulted and contacted um, m- members of Congress, especially the high-ranking members of Congress, that he was going to do so, and he didn't do that. He, he didn't contact a single Democrat, which is so petty and, again, terrible for a, a trend to, like that to uh, to continue in our politics. Um, but, you know, I digress from that again. Let's Let's continue on. Pete was also kind of caught up in um, one of his tweets he put on Twitter, and people were making it out to be far worse than it actually is, about the Iranians accidentally shooting down the civilian plane. He said, quote, innocent civilians are now dead because they were caught in the middle of an unnecessary, unwanted military tit for tat. My thoughts are with the families and the loved ones, end quote. Now, he's not wrong. I mean, the people on that plane are now dead because they were, you know, victims of a military tit-for-tat. Now, it is the Iranians who are responsible for shooting down that plane and taking those those innocents, innocent people's lives they are solely 100% at fault in that situation. And I would have loved for, you know, Pete to actually come out and say something like that in the tweet for sure, without a doubt. But what he said isn't isn't untrue. It's not false. It's not, you know, as as um as clear as as forthright as I would want it to be. Um and then, you know, there are I seen like certain celebrities and, and left-wing, I wouldn't even say far left-wing, leftists online, um, going basically saying Trump is to blame for the deaths of the civilians on that passenger flight. This is just asinine. It doesn't help our cause either. I mean, Trump does terrible things from tweets to things he says to actually policy to his actions on an hourly basis. We don't need to pile things up and make things out and, uh, you know, ascribe things to him that shouldn't be ascribed to him. He, there's plenty enough ammo to, to you know, go at him with than us having to throw more on that isn't actually true, isn't actually accurate. Trump isn't responsible for for the downing of that plane. Iran is responsible for the downing of the plane. Whoever ordered that missile, whoever, you know, flipped the switch and pushed a button to shoot the plane down, that's who's responsible for that situation. This is like as clear as day. This is, say you have, you know, car A, sober driver, they're driving along, car B, uh, drunk driver, and let's say there's a passenger in the back seat of car B. Car A and B get into a collision. The passenger in the back seat of car B dies. Who is at fault? Who is responsible for that death? The, dr- the drunk driver of car B. Now, would that person have died if, let's say, the driver of car A never got in their car 
and let's say they were on their way to work? Perhaps, yes. That's a causal chain of events. Perhaps they would still be alive. But the person in car A is not to blame for the death of the passenger in car B. This is just like basic level common sense stuff. It's really not that difficult. It's just that some people, especially there, you know, there are a lot of people on the left who their hatred of Trump, you know, Trump derangement syndrome is a real thing. And their hatred of Trump forces them to to just make up stuff and and lie about certain things and twist certain things about him and ascribe things to him that shouldn't be ascribed to him. And what what I'm saying is this hurts our case. We need to stop doing this. And the, the, the rational, sensible left needs to make sure that we keep ourselves separate from the leftists who do this because they are not helping our situation in removing this malignant, odious narcissist from office come November. They are hurting our case. Things like that should not be said. And when you do see it, even if and you're on the left, you need to call it out and just point out to the fact that it doesn't even need to be said. There's plenty enough that we have to dislike the man about and point to as to why he isn't fit for office and he's incompetent. We don't need to make things up. Iran is responsible for downing that plane, and they're the ones with the blood on their hands of however many passengers were on that plane. It's a terrible situation, but Trump is not to blame for that one. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. I'm the first one to point out Trump's missteps, his incompetence, his vile tweets, and so forth and so on, but now we have thousands of people taking to the streets in Iran protesting the the downing of that plane, shooting it down, and Iran's response after, which was basically saying that, you know, it, they didn't know what happened, they weren't at fault. And then they came out, and I guess they took blame for it. They cleaned up that debris real quick so no one could get in there and, you know, do kind of any kind of investigation. And the last I heard that they weren't turning over the black box either. So it's all obviously shady terrible behavior but what do we expect from Iran it's a theocracy it's you know the 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 ayatollah and the people in power are just awful human beings and you know now we see trump uh, i think it was like yesterday came out with a tweet uh, expressing you know concern and standing behind the protesters in Iran and that's beautiful. It's a great thing. But is that genuine? I mean, what what makes you believe that's genuine? The man has came out, what, like once, maybe never, about the protests of the Hong Kongers in Hong Kong. And he has love for dictators all around the, the globe, from Erdogan to Putin to, to Torte. So, I mean... Plus, what it was like a few days before, he was just threatening to destroy their cultural sites. That's something that would clearly affect the civilians of Iran. And then days later, because it's it's advantageous to him, it makes him look good in a, in a, from a political stance. He's out here saying that 
he supports and he's behind the Iranians protesting. Um, I have very little faith in that is a genuine feeling of the man. Very, very little. And I'm not sure how anyone could have a strong conviction into that's into feeling like that's how Trump really feels about the protests in Iran. And lastly, let me finally get to um, Bernie Sanders and his response to Soleimani's death and the whole Iran situation. Bernie, uh, just like Elizabeth Warren, wasn't in for what I've my liking, didn't come out as strong and you know wasn't as lucid with his words and the terminology he was using that I would want. You know, he initially said that it was an assassination. I don't agree with that. It wasn't an assassination. And then he said it was an assassination, quote, of a top Iranian general, um, end quote. Now, he, he was, Soleimani was a top Iranian general, but um, I, I think we should point out to the fact that he wasn't just a top Iranian general. He was a terrorist. He was a, a bad dude. He was, you know, doing everything that I've previously mentioned he was doing around the globe. So, uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't, like I said, feel Bernie came out hard enough and strong enough with his words. But he, again, he's not defending the Iranians and Soleimani and what he's done in the past. And, you know, like, like Trump and many on the right would have you think what they're trying to, to paint all the Democrats as in defense of Iran and Soleimani. That's not happening. That's not the case. Don't be fooled. The one thing that is abundantly clear with the top four candidates that I have mentioned here is that n none of them want war with Iran, and they all are worried that, you know, the killing of Soleimani could escalate things further. They don't trust Trump and his ability to lead us into any kind of conflict. That is a few areas that all of them are in agreement with, and I don't see how you could disagree with any one of those. I, I completely agree with all of those. And another question that I would love to see uh, people on the left, you know, the Democratic nominees start asking people on the right who are, uh, you know, in favor of going to war with Iran, they, they should be asking is the same question that the right asks the left when it comes to Bernie's, you know, Medicare for all and universal health care and college plans is how are we going to pay for it? That's the question that the those on the left, us on the left and the, the Democrats should be asking anybody who brings up going to war with Iran is how are we going to pay for it? Where are we going to get the funds for this? We can't afford this. I mean, it's estimated that the Iraq and Afghanistan wars cost the U.S. taxpayers $2.4 including interest, by the year 2017. I mean, how did we pay for that? Everything seemed to be okay, right? Like, you still have food on the table. You still have a roof on, over your head. We paid for it. But somehow, when you bring up 
you know, certain programs that would greatly benefit the, the citizens of this country in so many ways and overall just great benefits to the country, it, you're asked, you know, how are you going to pay for it? But somehow we found the funds of upwards of $2.4 to pay for Iraq and Afghanistan. Now I want to close with um, the Ricky Gervais Golden Globes uh, hosting and how he just went in on Hollywood. Now, this was just hilarious. Uh, he's spot on pretty much in everything he says. I mean, that's what makes comedy so funny is when, you know, you, you deliver the truth uh, but you deliver in such a way that, you know, is is witty and original. And it makes people laugh. And what he said was, you know, amazing. It needed to be said. It was finally said. But none of them listened to him. They all still came up, and, and most of them still made, you know, their their out of touch comments, uh, political issues. He roasted the hell out of them, and it was glorious. Um, it was funny. It was all true, and um, it was very much needed too. He even threw in a Jeffrey Epstein joke, which was hilarious. And listen, I don't, I'm not a conspiracy theorist type of type of guy. I'm very um, data driven uh, and empiricist. Even, you know, if you can't prove something to me, I'm going to be skeptical. And a conspiracy theory is self-serving. You can't disprove a conspiracy theory. So when they present you with certain ideas they have about why the conspiracy theory is valid since you can't disprove them, that actually just further proves the fact that whatever they're presenting to you is valid. It's self-serving, and it gets you nowhere. All while completely missing the point that if one is making these claims about why said conspiracy theory is true, they're the ones that have to be presenting the facts and the evidence um, upholding the claims they're making. With that said... This Jeffrey Epstein thing stinks to high hell. It was recent news where the his first suicide attempt, um, the video footage of that is is missing. I is is what it was uh, found out the other day. So I mean, you have all of a sudden the his first suicide attempt video is missing. Uh, you know, the guards never checked on him when one of them fell asleep and. You know, there's the videos weren't working on his successful suicide attempt. I mean, this this whole thing, there's definitely something going on here. But we don't know what. I mean, if you make any kind of claims to know what happened, you, you can't prove them. And you just get bogged down in all this... Uh, conspiracy thinking and to me it's just a waste of time now would I love to know the truth and to what happened yeah but good luck trying to find it in, in on something like that and then when you have people out here you know who are claiming this and claiming that about it it doesn't really help anybody and um, you know it, it's something that we'll probably never get to the bottom of for whatever reason who knows why and, you know, I'll even go as far as saying is this situation is a little different. We don't know why it happened or what happened. But what we do know is that the circumstances around it are extremely concerning. 
Um, so we, we, I'd love to dig deeper and to get to the bottom of it and, you know, have people up in arms about trying to find the truth in this situation because all the circumstances that have surrounded his death are extremely fishy. And it definitely looks like there's some sort of cover-up going on there, which is something that is extremely different than, you know, other conspiracy theories that have been, you know, disproven. And they're basically just conspiracy thinking run amok, like the moon landing and 9-11 and all the crazy um, thoughts and ideas around those uh, events. And, you know, you, you end up going on YouTube and watching one video and you're watching a video on how to like, you know, some DIY video and 12 videos later, you got some conspiracy theory about how jet fuel can't melt steel about 9-11 and you're, you're too far down the rabbit hole. Um, but this Jeffrey Epstein thing is, is a little different in terms of that all the circumstances around it are just so shady and it seems like you know, every month or a few weeks, something else comes out that raises an eyebrow about some really foul play going on. Let's tie this all together. The Iranians are out in the streets in mass over an accidental shooting down of a passenger plane by their government. And we have the most shady of circumstances surrounding the death of a billionaire pedophile with connections to some of the most rich and famous and powerful people in this country with blackmail indications to our intel agencies and it can't even get, you know, a hundred of us off the couch. It seems the ancient Roman poet Juvenal was accurate. Give them bread and circuses. So if you like the podcast and you want to support it, there are a few ways you can do that. You can share it on any one of your social media platforms. You can talk about it on your own podcast. You can rate and review it on all the relevant podcasting apps like Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And if you want to get in touch with me directly, you can reach me at P-I-T-T-E-L-L-I, like it is, at gmail.com. <laughs>